Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord? James chapter 1 and verse 22 is the foundation for the series that we are in. James chapter number 1 and verse number 22, James writes and he says, but be doers of the word. Say, be doers. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And then let's look over in the book of 1 Kings chapter number 19 this morning. 1 King, or yes, 1 Kings chapter number 19. And let's begin reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree, And he prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I only am left, and they seek to take my life. Father, I thank you once again this morning for your infallible, your challenging, your life-changing, miraculous word. God, I pray today, Lord, that your word would go forth in demonstration and in power. God, I pray that your word will do what needs to be done in every heart and every life. Give us ears to hear your word. May we receive it and may we apply it. And all of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, we are currently in a series called Just Do It. Say, Just Do It. it. Now, evidently, Nike and the Apostle James had the same idea. In our series, we're talking about some things that we should start doing and some things we should stop doing. Well, today is going to be our last sermon on things we should stop doing. You say, Pastor, you told us that last Sunday. Yeah, but the Lord spoke to me something very uh, emphatically and precisely, so we got one more this morning. The challenge for us today is stop 
exaggerating. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop exaggerating. Does anyone have a problem in this area? A married couple were fussing. And the husband said to his wife, I've told you a million times, stop exaggerating. The wife responded, yeah, and I've told you I'm not exaggerating at least a billion times. Today we're looking in Scripture at a man named Elijah. Elijah, who was a mighty man of God, a a powerful prophet of God. Even though Elijah was one of God's most powerful men, yet you will discover here in this passage that even Elijah had a bad day every once in a while. Doesn't that make you feel good? That even some of God's best, even some of God's mightiest people have a bad day every once in a while. You know, as I've often said, sometimes we feel like we are on top of the mountain and sometimes we feel like the mountain is on top of us. Well, in today's scripture, Elijah is experiencing the latter. Although Elijah's circumstances were less than ideal, they weren't quite the way he described them either. Elijah, you'll discover, was guilty of exaggeration. As we look at our scripture for today, I want, us to, I want to point out three things. I want to examine some reasons that we exaggerate. I want to discover some results of exaggeration. And then I want to suggest some remedy. So let's get going this morning. Let's begin by looking at the reasons we exaggerate. And I want to suggest three possible reasons or causes of Elijah's Exaggeration, but I believe that the that, that the very same reasons or causes for his exaggeration are, are are all too often common with you and with me as well. The first one I'd like to suggest is pressure. Pressure. In First Kings chapter seventeen and chapter eighteen, much of Elijah's story is told. And if you'll read about this man named Elijah, you'll discover that he had a tough assignment. Evidently, God didn't seem to call him to much of a warm and fuzzy type of ministry. He had some very tough messages to deliver. And the pressure of an unpopular ministry began to wear on this thundering prophet. And where once he seemed to be fearless, where once he was willing to stand up and declare boldly, Thus saith the Lord where he once was willing to stand all alone in front of 850 false prophets and and come out victorious. Oh, if you'll read the story, you'll discover that he had shut up the heavens for three and a half years by prophesying a drought. He then opened the heavens through persistent intercessory prayer. And yet now, Now, a threatening message, oh, a threatening messenger from the queen, not even from the king, but just the queen. And as soon as he hears this message, he tucks tail and runs. See, the pressure, the pressure had finally gotten to him, and all of a sudden his situation becomes magnified in his eyes. 
He exaggerates his circumstance, and exaggeration is never helpful. It's all, it always leads us down the wrong path. Notice another reason for exaggeration, and that is, and that is perception. And you'll find that in verses 2 and, verses t- and verse 10. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And then verse number 10, Elijah said to God, said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets with a sword. And I alone am left, and they're about to kill me. May I suggest this morning that perception is reality? How we perceive something, how we see something becomes reality for us. Would you agree this morning? See, see, it, it, it might not actually be reality, but for us, for us, it is. Elijah exaggerated his situation. He blew everything out of proportion. Uh, Oh, he allowed his emotions to take over. And and listen, he began to see what he felt. He didn't necessarily see what was actually there, but, but, but he began to see what he felt. Oh, he saw himself alone. He saw himself helpless. He saw himself defeated. Oh, he began to cry out and he began to say, I'm the only godly person left. Ah, oh, he actually said to God, he said, I'm all you have. <laughs> but the Bible says in verse 18, God said to Elijah, really? Really, is that the way you see it, Elijah? Really, really, is that, the, is that your perception of the situation? Really? He said, hey, dude. He said, I have 7,000. I've got, you think you're the only one left? You think you're the only one standing up for me? He said, I've got 7,000, amen, that have never bowed their knee to Baal. And then God said, how about me, Elijah? Have you forgotten about me? You think you're the only one? You think you're doing this all by yourself? How about me? Have you forgotten about me? Do you think you're all alone in this? Hey, hey, Elijah, I was with you when you shut up the heavens. I was with you when you had your showdown on Mount Carmel against 850 false prophets. Hey, Elijah, I was with you when you prayed for the heavens to be reopened and rain to fall. And do you not understand and do you not know that I am still with you? Who is Queen Jezebel to threaten you when I, I am with you. I have protected you in the past. I protected you against the king. I have protected you against the false prophets. Amen. I have been with you in the past and I am still with you today and I will be with you tomorrow. Notice the third reason Elijah fell into exaggeration and that is pouting. Pouting, verses 3 
and 4. Let's read them. And when he saw that, Elijah, when he saw that, he arose, he ran for his life, he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, found himself a broom tree, sat under it and prayed that he might die. And he cried out, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. Elijah's depressed. And he starts feeling sorry for himself. Ah, he begins to sing, oh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go eat worms. The Bible says that Elijah withdraws from everyone. Ah, oh, he won't even allow his servant to come with him. Why? Because he's going to turn out all the lights. He's going to pull down all the shades. He's going to crawl into bed and pull the covers up over his head. He's had it. He's down for the count. He's throwing in the towel. He's already made up his mind. He's going to have his own personal pity party and nobody else is invited. Talking about the reasons we exaggerate right now. Don't, don't, don't answer, but do any of these reasons or causes for exaggeration hit home? Let me ask you this this morning. Has the pressures of life messed up your perception of reality and caused you to pout? All right, we talked about some possible reasons we exaggerate. Now let's look at the results. Of exaggeration. And I want to suggest three that happened to Elijah in our scripture for today. And the first result was fear. Fear. Verse number three when Elijah heard the threat, he arose and ran for his life. Really, Elijah? Really? In chapter 18, God told Elijah to go stand face to face with King Ahab. Now, King Ahab at the time was ticked off at Elijah for prophesying a three-year drought, which literally devastated his country. But the Bible says that Elijah did exactly what God told him to do in verse 17 and 18 of 1 Kings chapter 18 says that Ahab called Elijah the cause of all of Israel's troubles. Ahab said to Elijah, he said, is this you, O troubler of Israel? When Elijah goes to stand face to face with King Ahab, Ahab says, calls him, oh, troubler of Israel, it's your fault. It's all the cause of this drought and the devastation that we're experiencing. It's all your fault. You are the cause. Oh, troubler of Israel, he called him. And how did Elijah respond to the king? Elijah said to the king, he said, I'm not the cause of all of Israel's trouble. King, you are. You have forsaken the true God and you have started worshiping a false God. Wow. Wow. What boldness. How, how fearless is that? But now, because of exaggeration, Elijah becomes fearful and takes off running. What are some of the results of exaggeration? Well, the first one is fear. And then there's flight. Exaggeration will cause you to run away from far less than you once stood up to. 
I don't know this morning, but perhaps this describes you today. Oh, oh, there once was a day when you were fearless, man. You were willing to take on hell with a water pistol. But today, a molehill looks like a mountain to you. A small pebble in your path seems like Mount Everest. You now choose flight over fight. The third result of Elijah's exaggeration was fatigue. Fatigue, and you find that in verse number four. But he himself, when a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. It is enough now, Lord, take my life. Elijah is exhausted. He's drained physically, emotionally, mentally, And even spiritually, Elijah is toast. Stick a fork in him, he's done. I wonder who is behind all this. Anyone have a clue who's behind all this? Who's behind all this? Satan, of course. John 10 and 10, the Bible says the thief or the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to Destroy The mission statement of the devil is he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Listen, I believe that Satan wanted to take Elijah out right then and there. And there is a very big reason why that Satan wanted to take Elijah out right then and there. Why? Why? Because Satan knew God wasn't finished with him. Satan knew God was going to use Elijah to mentor Elisha. And Satan knew that Elisha would eventually do greater things than even Elijah. You think Elijah was a man of faith and power for the hour? Well, listen, listen, listen. He mentored someone named Elisha who did much more greater things than Elijah did. And the enemy of of Elijah knew what God planned for him. He knew what he, he says, if I can just wipe him out now, if I can wipe him out now, not only will I wipe out Elijah, not only will I destroy his destiny, but I will also wipe out all of the destiny that's going to come out after him all of those that he's going to mentor all of those he's going to pour his life into amen there's somebody else coming along God already has somebody in line amen to come on and if I can get rid of him now then Elisha won't have the power that he has listen I'm going to tell you this morning it's not only about what we do and what God wants to do in our lives but there are people that are coming after us there are people that are lined up behind us amen that are looking to us there are people that we are mentoring and pouring our life into and the enemy knows that if he can only get us down and get us destroyed. Amen. Not only can he take away our destiny, but he can take away the destiny of those that are coming from behind. Satan was was trying to destroy Elijah's destiny and he would use the tool of exaggeration to do it. Somebody needs to hear this today. Stop exaggerating. Stop exaggerating. Because exaggeration can stop you in your tracks. Exaggeration can rob you of your destiny. And if your destiny is stolen, so will the destiny of all those God has chosen for you to influence and mentor. Listen, exaggeration can so drain you that you have no energy, you have no faith, you have no perseverance. Listen, exaggeration will cause you to see what's not even there. It will cause you to hear what's not even being spoken. It will cause you to fear what's not even real. 
See, what you need to understand this morning is exaggeration is actually a lie. Amen. And the Bible says that Satan is the father yes. of lies. All right, we've just taken a little bit of time to look at the reasons we exaggerate and the results of exaggeration. Now let's take a couple of moments this morning and let's look at the remedy for exaggeration. The remedy. The first is rest. Sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? But it's rest. Verse number five, the Bible says about Elijah, he laid down and slept. Say he slept. He laid down and slept under a broom tree. Listen, it's amazing how therapeutic rest can be. See, God never intended for people to go at the pace that most Americans keep today. It may be an American thing, but it is not a God thing. In fact, God emphatically said, six days you shall do all of your work. Say all of your work. God said, six days you shall do all of your work, and the seventh day you should rest. Say rest. It's called the Sabbath. Now, although the New Testament seems to say we are no longer bound to a particular day for rest and worship, yet God's original design for rest is still in effect. It is still the will of God that we have a Sabbath. According to the Apostle Paul, according to the New Testament, no longer is there a specific and particular day that we have to observe for our Sabbath, but there still is the need for a Sabbath. We should rest one day out of every seven. I challenge you this morning, read the Gospels. Jesus never seemed to get in a hurry. Even when people tried to hurry him up. He didn't get in a hurry to go to Lazarus. Right? The man that came after Jesus because his daughter was very ill, yet Jesus kind of moseyed along. Jesus never seemed stressed. He, stressed. he never seemed to get in a hurry. In fact, in Mark chapter 6 and verse 31, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Now, for us preachers, when, you know, things start getting busy and, you know, in the big mo, you know, we start getting momentum, man, that's when we pour on the juice, you know, that's when we pour the gasoline on the fire. That's when, man, we better make it while we can. We better do it while it's working, man. But here the people are coming and going. They don't even have time to eat. They don't even have time to rest. And man, but Jesus said, hey, let's leave this multitude and let's go out here into the wilderness. We need some time to rest. You see, when we are mentally and physically and emotionally exhausted, we open ourselves up to be deceived by our enemy. And he can make a pebble look like a boulder to us if he can get us tired enough. Amen. 
And so the, des- the devil perches on our shoulder and he whispers into our ear, Go, 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 do, do. Dude, you're not working hard enough. Oh, you're not going fast enough. Oh, more, 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 more. He screams in our ear. And the less energy that we have, the less effective we are, and the more useless we feel. What is the remedy? Rest. Rest, first of all, rest physically. Take a nap. I have an assignment for you today, and that is after lunch, go home and take a nap. Would you wake your neighbor up so they will be sleepy when they get home? Go to bed early. Burning the candle at both ends and wondering why you're stressed. Sleep a little later. Oh yeah, you can. I don't care who you are, you can. Before I go to bed at night, especially on Saturday night, and, but almost every night, man, I mean, I lay everything out. I've got my coffee, you know, ready to just punch the button, you know, I, I've got my clothes, I know what I'm I got it all, man, so I can sleep till the last minute and then, boy, I'm in. I'm, I, man, I'm prepared. I want to take, I want every, every, every minute I can get. What's the remedy? Rest. Rest physically. Rest, rest emotionally. Stop, stop trying to carry all your burdens by yourself. Unload them on Jesus first. Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7 says to cast all of your care upon him because he cares for you. Rest mentally. Stop your stinking thinking. Stop counting your burdens and start counting your blessings. And what do you do after you rest? Replenish. Replenish. Let's look at verses 5 through 8. Verses 5 through 8. Then he lay and then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Take in some nourishment. Take in some nourishment. Let me spiritualize this this morning. Take, Take in some nourishment. Read the word. Don't forget this is the year of the Bible. How are you doing in your in your adventure to read through the entire Bible this year? Read, read the word. It's, it's the bread of life. Take in the bread of life. Take in nourishment for your soul. Listen, you cannot go very many days without eating physically. You should not go very many days without eating spiritually. So, so consume the word of God. Get the word of God in your heart. Get the word of God in your spirit. Read the word. And spend time praying and spend time praising. Praising. 
and come to the house of the Lord. Come to the house of the Lord, not just once or twice a month, not just every once in a while, not just when you feel like it, but come every time that the doors are open. Come back on Wednesday night and be nourished with the Word of God and be, let, let what you've been uh, taught be cultivated, the Word of God cultivated through cultivation classes on Wednesday night. Get online and listen to some good teaching and preaching. Be careful because everything is out there. Make sure that you're listening to the right people and the right things. Listen, just pull up the grace place. There's some great preaching and teaching there. (laughs) One of my favorite preachers, amen. (laughs) I tell them, turn that monitor up. I like my preaching better than anybody. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Jude chapter, uh, the only one chapter in Jude, in verse number 20 it says, Jude says, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Oh, how in the world am I going to build myself up on my most holy faith? He said, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen, those other tongues that you received when you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that was not a one-time occurrence. Amen. That is also your prayer language. Amen. And listen, when the Bible says when we don't know how to pray, we can yield to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can pray through us. Amen. And the prayer that the Holy Spirit prays through us is the right prayer. It's the prayer that connects with God. It's the prayer that is in line with the will of God for our life. And when we're down and when we're depressed and when we are discouraged, amen, we can begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. We can begin to pray in other tongues. Amen. And we will automatically begin to sense our spirit begin to rise. We'll all begin to see that the emotions begin to change in our life. Build yourself up praying in the Holy Spirit. And after you rest and after you replenish, return. Return. Verses 15 through 18 says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Listen, once God had Elijah rested, once God had him replenished, then he placed him back into active ministry and to active duty. Listen, hear me this morning. Life is better for us when we are involved in kingdom work and actively pursuing our destiny. I can get some help on the platform this morning. Our takeaway today is this. Stop exaggerating and start exalting. Stop focusing on the size of the situation and start focusing on how big your God is. Stop exaggerating and start expecting. Stop talking about all of the things that are not happening and start talking about all of the good things that are happening. Stop expecting the worst and stop believe and start believing for the best. And finally, stop exaggerating and start 
experiencing. Stop talking about it and just do it. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray, Lord, that your word will do what you intended for your word to do today. God, I pray for those today, Lord, that are exaggerating their circumstances, even as Elijah had. I'm not saying Elijah's circumstances were good, that they were perfect, but he had been in far greater straits than he was in right there. He had stood toe-to-toe with the king and called the king out. He had stood between 850 prophets in a showdown. And yet, this message, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was the last stick that brought the stick house tumbling down. He exaggerated his circumstances. And when we exaggerate our circumstances, it takes us down a a road and a path that we do not want to go. Speak to the heart of your people today. Do the work that needs to be done in this house. Speak specifically today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.